Hello and welcome to Figuring It Out, the podcast where we talk all things life, love, sex and everything in between. The podcast where we're all just figuring it out with your host, Kaylee Brain. Hello, that is me. How are you? Merry Christmas. Welcome to the last episode of the year. And holy moly, do I have an absolute bloody banger to go out with. It's a little bit longer, but I am doing part two of that time that I flew to Canada to live with a boy that I had known for three months. Um, Very chaotic, very different to part one. So definitely recommend listening to part one if you haven't already. Um, And let's go ahead and dive on in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome, of course, if you are new. Merry bloody Christmas. Oh my God, how the fuck is it literally Christmas? Not tomorrow, but the next day. That is mental, mental behavior. I really hope that you're all having a beautiful break over Christmas. I know that not everyone gets the luxury of having a break over Christmas. So if you do not and you have to work through, I'm thinking of you. My heart is with you, but it's also somewhat going to be in the Christmas pudding. So, you know, (laughs) it's called, what do you call it? I was going to say it's called balance. I'm, I'm equally like my heart... Like I'm sympathizing with you guys, but holy fucking shit, I'm so excited to have a break. Like I'm literally like the longest break that I've had this year off work was when I had, I think I literally had two days off work and I went down south. Like that's the only time I've had off this year apart from being sick. So I'm really excited to actually have like a solid two weeks off and as well having five weeks off the podcast, which I know feels like a lifetime, but I think it's going to be really good to kind of like recalibrate, um, come back next year with the pod being even bigger and better. I have so many plans for 2022 for the podcast and I'm really excited to kind of like share them with you guys and just kind of like see how it grows next year and all of that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm like final episode of the year. Holy fucking shit. I feel like we're going to go out with a banger. I'm really excited to tell you this story. And I don't know how many of you are expecting what this is actually going to be about because obviously last week's episode also, if you are just listening to this podcast, but you haven't listened to part one, I would highly, highly recommend going back and listening to part one, not to be annoying, but like, I think that you will not understand the full story unless you go back and listen to the first episode, because episode two is definitely not like romantic. Like I'm getting into the nitty gritties of the relationship. I'm getting into like a lot of the stuff that has now shaped me as a person and has shaped the way that I date as well. Um, and the breakup, which was a massive, massive part of this whole story and this whole thing. So <laughs> we're going to dive right into that. I'm not going to spend um, forever rambling this. Um, I was going to say this morning, lol. I'm not going to spend forever rambling right now because I want to get into the episode and I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit longer. So I'm not going to do a recommendation or anything like that. Um, I'm just going to jump straight into the episode. Um, so without further ado, let's go the heck in. Let's go the heck in. Let's jump the bloody hell. Oh my God, guys. <laughs> Can you tell I need a break? I need a fucking, honestly, I need to go. You know what? I'm actually going to go pour myself a wine because I have not got my red wine yet and it is sitting on my bench and I've just come to the realization that I sat down to record this without it. I don't know if I can get through this recording without wine. So I'm going to go get that. Um, Also highly recommend joining me. It's the end of the year. Let's have a bloody Christmas drink together um, while I tell you this story. Um, Obviously, if you're driving, do not recommend. Um, Or if you're under the age of 18, also do not recommend. But anyway, go get a vino, go get a cup of tea, go get a Coke, whatever you want. um, And let's jump on in. 
Okay, let's get into the story. I'm so excited to tell this. I'm actually quite nervous because this episode is going to be far more like not risky, but like a lot more nitty gritty details. And I'm far more nervous that Luke or anyone that knew me and knew our relationship and knew us in the relationship or any of his friends or family will listen to this. Um, First of all, just want to say really quickly, I have no ill feeling towards him anymore. Like there's definitely things where I'm like, he was a bit of an asshole to me about things and I'll get into that. But like, I don't hold any ill wishes or ill feelings. I would never, ever like, I honestly only wish him the best. And I still think he's a great guy. And I honestly think that there's so many great qualities about him for whatever reason. Um, it just was never, it was never going to work. And like, he brought up a lot of stuff in me and like triggered me a lot. And I'm sure I probably triggered him right back, but I mean, also, I guess like we can't hear his side of the story. This is just my side of the story. So I don't know. But um, yeah, I just feel like I'm really nervous that someone is going to listen to this and be like, oh my God, I had no idea that she thought that. Um, Anyway, this is my truth. And this is what happened in the relationship. But also like, I'm so grateful that it happened. I'm not going to sit here and be like, victim me. Like, I'm so sad because I'm not like, I'm so glad that this happened. And I'm so glad that I went through these experiences because even though it was like a really traumatic experience. It really taught me a lot about myself and it's made me grow so, so much. Like I honestly would not be here right now if I hadn't gone through this experience. And it's honestly made me realize what I don't want and like what I would never put up with again, because holy moly. Um, yeah, I put up with some absolute crap in this relationship and let's get the fuck into it. So a little recap, we met in London completely like sliding door moments, like so many weird things that happened leading us to, you know, um, meeting up and then falling in love, whatever, blah, blah, and then moving to Canada. So the last episode I was moving to Canada, (laughs) um, and he bought me my plane ticket. So that's also another really important thing to remember in the story, in the grand scheme of things is the fact that he brought me a plane ticket. So let's, let's go off. Let's jump off from that. Let's just jump right in. Um, okay. So I was in London and I remember calling my mum and being like, oh my God, mum, this guy has bought me a plane ticket. And she was like, so excited for me. She was like, you know what? Like you might as well take it by the bulls, <laughs> by the bulls, take it by the horns. That fuck me. I don't know what the fucking saying is, but she was like, you might as well just jump in, do it. And like, if it doesn't work, it's still an experience. And I was like, literally so true. That was my mindset around the whole thing was just like, no matter what happens, it's going to be an epic story. It's going to be an epic tale, but also like I'm the biggest hopeless romantic. If I like someone or even more so, like if I'm feeling like I'm falling in love with someone, I would do everything in my power to be with that person. Like, I'm just like, for me, that feeling is incredible. And I'm just like, I'll do anything for love. I just, I fucking love, love. I love, love. It's actually annoying because I think that I get myself in hot water sometimes when this, I do things like, do things like this. But anyway, it's all a story, isn't it, Del? I mean, it's fucking great content for the pod. <laughs> anyway, so um, I made the decision to obviously go over there. Not that I really had, like, I still had a choice, obviously, but I kind of like, because he bought me the plane ticket, I guess like there wasn't really much backing out of it. It was like, this person has literally just gone and spent like, I don't know, just under a grand on a plane ticket. I want my plane ticket for me to go and live with him. So at this point, this is where also, I feel like you guys aren't ready because like, 
it started off so romantic and so like, oh my God, it was so good. And like, blah, blah, blah. and now it just like literally goes to shit. Um, okay, cool. So I land in Canada and it's really funny because I had my hair half up, half down. And I had this shirt, um, on that I bought from H&M and I was literally obsessed with it. It says, love you to the stars and back or love you to the moon and back, which is something that my mum and I say, well, she said to me since I was a kid, I know that it's really, really common and really cheesy, but I have a little crescent moon on my ankle for my mum because she's always said, love you to the moon and back. Anyway, so I saw this shirt and I was like, oh my God, it's so cute. And it was just like really simple little writing. Like I just love, I love a white tee with some black writing on it. I just, I fucking go off for it. Like I'm such a basic white person, <laughs> such a basic white girl. But anyway, I was wearing that top, which is, it sounds frivolous, but it's not because I'll get to that later in the story. So I had my hair up half up, half down, and I was wearing this shirt and I was wearing like black jeans. And I remember being in the bathroom at my layover, putting makeup on. Cause I really wanted to like impress him. Like I was like so nervous to see him. I hadn't seen him in like three months. And I was like, Oh my God, like, Oh, I'm so excited to see him. But I was so nervous. And I wanted to like, obviously look good. And, um, it's so funny because we had spoken <laughs> about like what we we're going to do when we saw each other. We're like, Oh my God, should I run up and jump on you? Like, should we get someone to film it? Like, honestly, disgusting behavior. But anyway, <laughs> Not that that's not okay, but like it makes me feel sick that like we were like planning to do that. Like we should have done it in the moment. But anyway, it's so funny because when I got there, we're the most two awkward fuckers anyway. And um, I was walking down the stairs and I saw him spot me. But like I just, I can't describe this. And I don't know if this sounds, I feel like when I tell this to people, they think that I'm exaggerating or being hyperbolic. I swear that I'm not adding any mayo to this, but. I remember walking off, like literally walking down the stairs, sorry, seeing him see me and just seeing this blank expression on his face. Like it was not the face of someone who looks at you and goes, oh my God, she's here. That is like, I've just missed her so much. And I'm so fucking excited that she's right there. Like it was not that. It was like a look of like, oh my God, I don't know what I've just done. Like this person is here and I don't know if I can do this. Like I can't describe it. And then like we said hello, like we kissed and hugged and whatever, but it just like, I can't describe it. His energy was radiating. Like he was like, I've made a mistake. That's the energy that I got. And um, we're at the airport and we bumped into one of his friends and he was um he was like, oh, this is Kaylee. And she was like, oh my God, I've heard so much about you. It's so nice to meet you. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. I was like, how are you? And like Winnipeg is really fucking small, like literally so small. I feel like everyone kind of knows everyone. It's kind of like a smaller version of Perth. Like everyone in Perth kind of like knows everyone by someone. Like you might just be like, oh, you know this person? Oh my God, I know that person. Whereas like Winnipeg, literally, I feel like you are quite literally linked to everyone. But anyway, so we bumped into like so many people on the way to the car and we get in the car and I just remember like struggling for conversation, which is just not something that we had ever had because we'd talk on FaceTime for hours. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to say to this person. And I don't know if it's because instantly I was feeling like somewhat rejected and I was just like, oh my God, like, and it was hitting me. I was like, I'm here. Like I'm literally in a different country. What is going on? But anyway, I want you to remember the fact that I was wearing this shirt and my hair half up, half down, because I'm going to get to it in later in the story. Um, but anyway, so we go back to his place and it was like such a shock. Like I was like, I don't know. It was just like, holy fuck, I'm here. 
And I remember being so jet lagged because it would have been like, I can't remember where London is in comparison to Winnipeg, but it would have been like a good nine hours ahead or behind. So I was like really, really jet lagged. I think it was like 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. my time by the time I had landed and I was exhausted. And like, I do remember having really good sex that night, obviously, because we hadn't slept with each other for like, you know, however long. And it was really good. And then I went to bed. And then the next day he took off because he was like, obviously, you don't want to spend it with you. And so the next day we spent like going to get my money changed and like just buying some clothes because I didn't really have that much. And I remember being, I remember thinking it was going to be warmer than it was. And I didn't actually have like a little cardigan. So we had to go and buy a cardigan. But anyway, I just remember this day because he was like driving around showing me Canada, like Canada, (laughs) Canada, Winnipeg. And I just remember thinking, this man is not who I remember him to be. Like, this is not the Luke that I know. And this is not the Luke that was in London with me, which already was just like so bizarre. Like, I just can't explain the feeling. It was just like, it felt so rejecting. I was like, what have I done? But I also was like in denial because I was so excited to be there. And I guess like I just made this huge decision to come over here. And he was so excited for me to go there. Like he literally bought my plane ticket. It's so funny because I remember even being at my layover in, where where, where did I have a layover? I can't even remember where I laid over that time that I went there. I think it was Denver. No, it was somewhere like Alberta. I don't fucking know. Anyway, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> when I was at my layover before I got to Canada, because I went London, like Alberta, Canada. When I was there, we were on FaceTime and he was like, I literally just like cannot deal with how excited I am. Actually, to the point where like he, I actually saw a Snapchat from him because he had saved it. Um, and we were looking at it like a couple weeks later and he was like sending a Snapchat to all his friends and being like, I'm so excited about to go pick Kaylee up from the airport. I literally am just so excited. And it was the most beautiful, wholesome thing. And I'm so glad that I saw that because like it really reinforced how excited he was to come get me. And so I think I was just so confused how in a space of a couple of hours you could go from being so obsessed with me to the point where like it was almost like chill. like. <laughs> you don't need to be so intense. And then all of a sudden it was just like, oh no, I don't know about this. And like, really, it was like, I was being needy and I wasn't even being needy. I don't don't know. I can't describe it, but it was just like this gut feeling. I was like, this person does not want to be here. Anyway. So we literally spent one day together. And another important part of the story is that he owns a condo, which is pretty much just a fucking fancy word for an apartment. He owns an apartment with his brother And his brother has a girlfriend that lives in Winnipeg, but his brother lived six hours up north with their parents. And he would just come down to Winnipeg like every couple of weekends and they'd spend the weekend there. And then his girlfriend would come stay at the apartment as well. And we'd all go out and do things. But anyway, so I knew that like he lived there with, oh, now I'm going to have to fucking make up more names. (laughs) So remember, this is going to be hard. Okay. So let's call him Todd. Todd is the brother. So I knew that he lived with Todd and I knew that his girlfriend, Amy. Okay. So Todd and Amy, (laughs) let's see if I remember these names. I'm probably going to fucking change them, but Todd and Amy had been, I don't think I had never met them before, but they had definitely been around when we were on FaceTime, but like Luke had never introduced me to them or anything like that. Anyway, I really didn't know much about his family or that situation. I kind of just feel like he never really said anything other than the fact that like he was really close to his brother and would just like see them most of the time or be like, oh, they're in town. We're going to go have lunch or whatever, but never really said much about 
like what they thought about me going there. Like, I guess I never even thought to ask. I think I did say like, um, what does your brother think of me moving into the place? Like, is he okay with it? And of course Luke was like, yeah, it's not a problem at all. Like you're totally fine. And um, so I just kind of assumed that everyone was like totally fine with me going to Canada. (laughs) Anyway, so fast forward, maybe like two days. I think I literally had only been there for two days and Todd and Amy, I'm really fucking forgetting their names. Todd and Amy were coming to stay at the condo because Todd was in Winnipeg. And obviously when Todd's in Winnipeg, Amy would come stay. So they were coming to stay. And I remember being like so nervous because I was like, this is someone that's really important to him. Um, I really want to make a good impression. Like I know that like, obviously they're really close and whatever. Anyway, so I stayed up all night trying to wait for them to come because he was like driving in. It was like an 11 hour drive. But I was so jet lagged that I ended up going to sleep and I didn't meet them until the next morning. Anyway, so obviously the next day we woke up and this is so random, but immediately I felt like the inferior couple. And I don't know how to describe this, but other than like just the fact that like I woke up and I could hear them laughing. And this is also really funny because like I know that I've harped on about It's Complicated Guy and how much we laugh together. I think it is so much because in this relationship, we just didn't really have that many, like, really like, we just, like, we just didn't really laugh that much, which honestly I look back and I'm like, ew, I can't believe I put myself through that. But anyway, so I was listening to them and I was like, oh my God, they sound so in love. And at this point I'm feeling already rejected by the person that I'm there with. And I remember sitting in the kitchen with Luke, like waiting for them to come out of the room And like, it just kind of like being awkward between us. And I was just like listening to this couple laughing, sounding so in love. And I was like, awesome. I was like, cool. Obviously we are the (laughs) inferior couple right now. And I don't know if it's because I was nervous, but whatever. So they come out, we say hello. And immediately his brother is just like so standoffish. And like, to this day, I really just don't think that he ever liked me. Like he just never gave me a chance. But anyway, um, so we ended up hanging out that whole day. We went to breakfast and then we went shopping and Another important part of this story is I remember we were walking into a, like, this has nothing to do with this, but like we're walking into a department store and we're walking in the car park and I'm not kidding. Like the three of them would walk in front of me, like in a little threesome, I would be like visibly like two or three steps behind, not because I'm walking slow or anything like that, just because they literally would like be having their own little threesome banter. And it was very clear that like when they would come to town, they'd all hang out and they'd be like best friends, whatever, which is totally fine. But I'm like, hello. Like, I'm like, I'm new here. Like, can we just include me? And I feel like it says so much about Luke's character. The fact that he lulled me at the start being like, I'm not going to attack his character, but he literally did not make any effort to include me, especially in those early hours. Like that's when I need you the most. That's when I need you to come and like really make an effort for me to like you know, fit in with your brother and his girlfriend and like fit into this little threesome that you have coming on. Like, I'm like, I literally have never felt more stupid and out of place. And I remember because I remember it so well. I remember it so well because I've never felt like that before. And it just made me feel so stupid. And I was just like, what am I doing here? Anyway, so we hung out that day. And then that night we were having like a barbecue and we were having people come over to the apartment um, and we're meeting like all of his friends. It was actually, now that I think about it, I'm like, it was really overwhelming for someone had like, I'd only been there for like two days and all of a sudden I've met like the entirety of their friendship group and like his brother, his brother's girlfriend. Like, I just feel like I was thrown in so deep when I just like needed a few days to like be with Luke and kind of like just get 
back to like where we were because I feel like we weren't even given a chance to get back to that place because we were just like thrown into meeting everyone and then everyone kind of like formed opinions of me and then obviously relate that back. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So that night (laughs) we went down, we ended up hanging out all night. We got like quite drunk and we ended up downstairs because one of the guys in the friendship group lived downstairs. And I remember this as, oh, I feel like I'm going to say this so much because I just remember everything so clearly. Like I'm not making any of this up. It's genuinely like so ingrained in my memory because it made me feel so shit. Um, So random, but we were like, hanging out that night. And I just remember him not being near me at all. Like he would literally not come near me. Like he wouldn't sit next to me. Like I was dancing and like, he didn't want to be around me, but then like someone else would be dancing and he'd be like, oh my God, ha so funny. But then when I was doing, it was like, who is she? I don't know her. And it made me feel again, super isolated. I'm like, I'm also someone that like my love language is like physical touch and quality time. And I needed him to be there. Like I needed him to be reassuring me when I'm like, okay, fair. And like, it's already nerve wracking meeting other people, like meeting friends and stuff like that. But to be in a different country where I literally know no one, it's not like I can message one of my girlfriends and be like, Hey, come hang out with us or whatever. I'm literally in a different country. I have no idea who these people are. I have no idea where the fuck I am. And this person that's meant to be like my person is ignoring me and making me feel like a fucking idiot. So I'm like, awesome. Cool, cool, cool. And then we go back upstairs and Amy, the brother's girlfriend, pulls me into their room and she's like, oh my God, like, tell me everything. I want to know how you guys met. Like, I want to know everything. And bless her soul. I really hope she doesn't listen to this. I have a feeling she might, to be honest. <laughs> but like, it was so intense for me just, just getting there. And this is where I think like, it was like the full unraveling of everything because she dropped so many like little bombshells that I had no idea about. So first of all, she's like, oh my God, we had no idea that like Luke bought you the plane ticket. And I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, no, I obviously didn't know either. Like he just bought it. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't ask him to do it. Um, I had no idea he was even planning on doing that. And she was like, yeah, like it's just so much money. I was like, I know, like I did not expect that to happen. Um, and it almost felt like she was implying that I was like, I had made him buy it kind of like it made me feel like I was like golding a little bit. Anyway, obviously I fucking wasn't. And, um, and then she was like, yeah. And like, um, oh my God, fuck. What did I call the brother? (laughs) What did I call the brother? We're calling him Matt. We're changing it to Matt. I'm pretty sure that's, I don't know, whatever I called him. Anyway, the brother Matt, um, was like, didn't know that I was going to be living with them. So apparently he was kind of like, oh, he didn't know that like, you know, you were going to be fully living here. And like, he wasn't really sure how he felt about it and like all this stuff. So immediately I was like, oh my God, awesome. I was like, Luke didn't tell me any of this. Like he did not tell me that like his brother was having reservations about me moving in and like, wasn't sure that that was the plan. Um, And also like, it was just like so much dropped on me at once when I'm already feeling quite insecure. And then she was like, yeah, like, I just remember like, we were like so nervous to meet you because I was looking at your Instagram and you looked like a classic 19 year old. And like, but you know, Luke kept reassuring us that you were like this really down to earth, like, um, mature girl, but like, you know, just like looked like a classic 19 year old. And she's like, obviously you're not now that I know you. But I was like, what the fuck, man? I was like, I would never say that to someone. So I'm like here, like, wow, awesome. This whole time, Luke has made me feel like everyone is fully on board with me coming over, like understands the situation. And now I'm like, oh my God, they all think that I'm this like 
crazy young girl who's just like taking this guy for a ride, coming to live in Canada for free and like all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like it just, it clicked to me that she had no idea that like we had had this whole experience. And I don't know, I suppose like I'll never know what they really thought because it's hard to, I guess it's hard to even like look from the outside in and know what it feels like to be in that situation. Like I could, I know that so many of my friends and family even like couldn't comprehend how devastated I was after my breakup because they never ever saw us together. In their eyes, it was just this like romance that I had overseas and then I came home. But it was like, for me, I lived my, this was my reality for like you know, a good six months. Like I lived with this man day in, day out. And I feel like people did not understand the gravity of that. Like they were just like, oh yeah, a little summer fling. And I'm like, no, no, no. I lived with him. Like I literally woke up and saw his face every single day. I spent all of my time with him. I had no friends, no family. It was just me and him all of the fucking time. And when it wasn't me and him, it was just me. It was literally just me on my own walking around Canada being like, what the fuck am I doing? And anyway, this, <laughs> meanwhile, also I'm having these fucking feelings about being so rejected, but anyway, so, um, this all happens on like the second or third night that I'm there and it was just so intense. And I just remember being like devastated. I was so sad because I was like, oh my God, his whole family probably think that I'm this like, yeah, crazy young girl who's just like taking him for a ride. And then I knew that the brother didn't like me because like, she was pretty much implying that like, you know, he obviously did not want me living in his apartment, which I guess is like also, I just never really considered the fact that like he would be salty about that. Um, especially because he doesn't actually live there. Like he was only living there like every couple of weekends. I totally understand that he owned it. Like I understand that that would be weird to have some random girl that like you've never met move into your place. But also I'm like, fuck me. I was only there for three months, but anyway, so it just made me feel really, really uneasy. <laughs> Love that for me. Um, and then pretty much, I guess, like fast forward a couple weeks, we just kind of like never really, we never really went back to that place. It was literally like what happened in London was a complete different person, a complete different relationship. And I have no idea what happened to that person. I have no idea what clicked when I got off the plane. I don't know if it's because he realized that maybe we weren't as much of a match. And it was like reality hit him because he was at his, like it was his world. I was entering his world. Maybe it would have been different if he had to come to my world. Like maybe I would have felt that way as well. But because I was in his world, I was still on holiday. I was still like living this crazy life. Whereas like he's like at home and all of a sudden I'm there. I don't know. I don't know. It was really like upsetting and confusing, but I just remember like crying all of the time. Like I remember he would go to work and I literally would just sit on the couch and I would cry my eyes out and I would journal about how I felt so rejected. And it's so sad because I remember feeling like the only time that I was validated. And I wonder how many people can relate to this as well, because I remember using sex as a way to get close. And that makes me really upset because I obviously love sex. (laughs) I think that every... I mean, not every adult, but most adults, you know, it's a really big part of your, your life and it should be healthy and it should be a, like a beautiful, good thing. But for me, it was like, I was using it in a like way of manipulation because that was the only time that I felt validated by him. That was the only time that I felt like he saw me and that he appreciated me. Like that was the only time every other time I just felt so rejected and so not 
seen by him. And like, it was awful. I remember like hanging out with his friends and like, he just would make no effort with me. And like, yeah, we'd have moments where it was like, I remember like there was small moments where we actually would have a really nice time together. And that's, I guess those small moments really made me hold on to hope because I just remember thinking like, maybe when I go back to Australia, like he'll miss me and then like give him a chance to miss me. Maybe he'll come back around. But like, there was just so many small moments. Like we'd be dancing in the kitchen and I'd just be like, oh my God, this is where we, this is what we had. Like, I don't understand where this has gone, but then it would just go straight back to like how it was. And it was like, he would come home from work. So I guess also to put this into perspective, I could not work while I was in Canada because I couldn't get a visa. So I was just literally on a visitor visa. So we try to get me like an under the table job, (laughs) but I also like didn't really want to run the risk of getting like deported and then not being allowed back in Canada. So we're just like, it's not worth it. Um, I'm just not going to work for three months. I also, by the way, I probably should have said this at the start. I definitely was not freeloading. When I got there, I gave him, I think I gave him like three grand, um, all of my money. Like I can't stress this enough. I actually, you know, I feel like that's a really key part of this story is the fact that like this man had so much control over my situation. Um, and not like, not like it's like he was trying to, like, I literally gave it to him. I was like, here, I have all my money. But because I felt so guilty about not working or like not paying for bills and stuff, when I got there, I literally gave him all the money I had in my account, which was probably like two or three grand. And I just said, look, honestly use it on whatever you need it to put it like put it towards bills put it towards like the hydro bill which is the water bill I was like put it towards whatever you want to put it towards um but this is my contribution and then I knew that I was getting tax back (laughs) this is so 19 year old of me I knew that I was getting my tax back so I was like in July so I got there in March March no April I can't remember anyway I got there And then it was, I knew that I was getting it back in July. So I was like, in July, I'll get some more money. And then I'll also obviously give you some more money for bills and whatever. So it's not like I was like freeloading. I definitely was not. I gave him all of my money to the point where I had no money in my account. All of my money was on his card. And I just had to like, I literally had to ask this man for his credit card if I wanted to go buy anything. Um, And so, oh my God, no, that's right. When I got my tax bag, I was like, I'll pay for groceries from here on out. So I paid for groceries for like, honestly, a good month and a half while I lived there, which is pretty much half the time that I was there. (laughs) So half the time that I was there, I was paying for all of our grocery bills, a lot of our um, bills when we were eating out and stuff like that, like honestly. So it's not like I was freeloading at all. Although I will say there was probably a lot that he definitely did front, which I'm so grateful for. Like, again, I'm also like so grateful for this entire experience. Like I know that I'm like, talking about this really shittily and I don't know if it's necessarily his fault like I think that I genuinely just think that we weren't a match and this highlighted it so much and I think that he did the best that he could in like being as caring as he could I suppose knowing that he just didn't really see this going anywhere anyway um so we yeah fast forward we lived together for three months and I it also makes me so sad because as much as I was so upset and so depressed and like feeling so rejected by this fucking man, I still thought that I like, I don't, I I don't want to say that I didn't love him because I definitely think that there was like a form of love. Like honestly, because I got to see such a personal side to him. um, And I think that like, it's hard to live with someone and not love them, even if it's not like, 
love as in like the purest, like when you're actually in love with someone. I don't know if I actually was in love with him. I think that there was a part of me that just loved him. Like I could see his flaws and I could see him as a person and I could see this man that like was just so confused in his life and like wanted more for his life and he wasn't really sure where to take his life. Because when I was living there, right, he was like doing a completely different job um, and he really wanted to work for himself. And I was like the only person at the time, pretty much like telling him to go for it. Like I remember like family members being like, yeah, but you got to do this, this. And I was like, honestly, why not just fucking like put some things in motion and just fucking do it? Like, honestly, um, which is why I think also the probably that's the reason that I came into his life was to show him that like he can just fucking do things and like you can just you know, you don't have to do the whole thing, like the same thing for the rest of your life because it's stable. Like I'm like, you can take chances and stuff. And I will say it's really nice because I have, I do stalk him every now and again, just to like check in and see how he's going. And it looks like he's literally doing amazing and he got the job, um, that he really wanted. So I'm really happy for him. But anyway, um, (laughs) see what I mean? As much as like this whole thing was really traumatic and there was a lot of things that happened, I'm still really like, grateful for the experience and I still really do care for him as a person and I do hope that he's like doing amazing and it's really nice to see but anyway I definitely did have love for him and but it does make me really sad to think about this relationship because like we just weren't happy we literally weren't happy we were not really a match at all we were just like I guess I also probably was hard because we were living together and like I I didn't think that I could go back to Australia. Also, I guess I couldn't afford it. I had no money. So I actually booked a plane ticket home before I got to Canada. So my plane ticket home was already booked before I left. Um, so I kind of knew that we were locked in for the next three months before I had to leave. And so I don't know if like, maybe it would be different if I had the money to leave and we had an open-ended ticket. Maybe we'd have broken up sooner, but I don't know. Um, anyway, we... I don't know. This is so hard. This actually, this episode is way harder to record because there's so many things that happened. Like to give you a few examples of some of the shit things in the relationship and then we'll kind of get to the breakup because I think that's a massive part as well. Um, I, this person was like a massive health freak and I will say that it really, this is probably one of the more damaging parts of the relationship and I'm not going to make excuses for him because I do think this behavior is quite unacceptable and I'd really hope that he would not do this to someone else. But he literally would like tell me I couldn't eat certain things. And as a 19 year old or like 19, 20, like I literally had no idea. Um, although I will say that I'm quite spicy. So like I would come back and I was like, are you kidding me? To the point where like, I remember being in the grocery store and we were having a movie night. So (laughs) for me, a movie night is like, you go and get like takeaway, like you get like all the snacks and like, you don't hold back, you get everything you fucking want. And then you sit on the, like sit on the couch, you fucking have the best like movie binge night ever. And then you go to bed and whatever, you wake up and you eat healthy the next day. Or you just fucking go back to normal. Like it's like once in a blue moon, do you act like this? Anyway, we were having a movie night and we went and got A&W, which is like, if you don't know Canada, it's kind of like a fancier HJ's. It's actually so fucking good. Oh, miss I, I literally miss A&W. But anyway, <laughs> we went and got A&W and then we went to like their Woolies and we got like, we were about to get chocolate and stuff like that. Anyway, we're in the lolly aisle and I reach for, what did I reach for? A chocolate bar. And also their chocolate bars in Canada are not like, like, you know, when you go to Woolies and you get like a Cadbury block and it's like a decent block, they don't really have those over there. Like they don't have that size. I don't know why it's the most fucking random thing ever. So I got this like 
honestly, I'm trying to think of an example of what the size was. Maybe like a Galaxy bar or like a Hershey's bar. You know how the Hershey's bars are like quite thin, but they're like a little bit bigger. It was like the size of that. So I got this like Cadbury bar that was like the size of that. And I was like, cool, you know, I'm going to get this. And he was like, okay, well, like if you get that, then was that what it was? Oh yeah. No, I was like, I'm going to get that. And then you get what you want. And he was like, what do you mean? He's like, we're not sharing. And I was like, we can share. I was like, but like, don't you want to get something as well? Like, don't you want to get a chocolate as well? And he was like, um, like you do not need to have that all on your own. And I was like, okay. I was like, if you knew the amount of chocolate that I eat when I'm at home and at this point as well, cause I was like 19, my metabolism was fucking out of this world. I would eat like a whole block of Cadbury chocolate a night and not feel guilty about it. So imagine my shock and horror when I'm standing in this grocery shop and this grown ass man is telling me that I'm not allowed to have a chocolate bar. I was like, are you kidding me? Cause I was like, I don't want to fucking share. I was like, at your own. <laughs> anyway. So then he was like, no, no, I'm going to get Twizzlers. And I was like, okay, cool. Twizzlers are like these little red licorice things and they fucking aren't so tasty. And I was like, yum. I was like, I want some. And he was like, no. And I was like, what do you mean? No. And he was like, you don't get to have both. And I was like, that's not fair. I was like, I'm an adult. I should be able to have whatever I want. Anyway. And then he was like, okay, well, if you get that chocolate bar, you're not getting a drink. And I was like, what? Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine someone actually telling you that you're not allowed to have a soft drink because I'm having a whole chocolate bar to myself. What the fuck is that? I was like in shock and I was so angry. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, okay. Anyway, this was like, this definitely wasn't the start of it. I remember like he would make little comments here and there. Like I would honestly make dinner every single night for this fucking man because I had nothing else to do. I was like excited to make dinner And I remember like plating up and he would be like, you can't eat that much. Like you can't eat as much as me. And I'm like, oh my God, honestly. Okay. I get it. You're like, you know, a grown ass man. And I'm like a 19 year old girl, but I'm also like, I can put food away, man. Like I'm like, I'm fucking hungry. I'm going to eat what I want to eat. And it was just like, I'd never experienced that to that degree before. And especially coming from someone that you're like, you know, I definitely had him on such a pedestal because I thought he was so much better than me. I actually thought that he was like so much more intelligent than me. This fucking man would like read books like it was nothing and like listen to podcasts and have like a really toxic, I will say that I feel like he had like a really toxic mentality of like he always had to be doing something and like he just always had to be better and like it made me feel like I was never doing enough. So anyway, here's this man that I fucking, you know, have put on a pedestal. I'm trying to like be in a relationship with and like adore, even though I'm fucking sad and crying every day, (laughs) wouldn't admit to myself that like, maybe there's just like, this isn't going to work. So in denial is telling me that I cannot eat an amount of food. It was literally the most jarring experience. And it was so deeply upsetting because it made me feel like a fat fuck. And I literally was like, awesome. Like, am I not attractive to you if I eat this much food. And it was also like, it would stem into things like there was a gym downstairs at the apartment. And at this point in my life, like I remember working out heaps before I went to Europe, but like it never was about fitness for me. It was about being skinny. That was all I used to work out for was about being as skinny as I could be. And imagine little 19 year old Kaylee. It also makes me so sick because I look back at photos and I was so skinny. Like so, so skinny. I was at my, probably my smallest, to be honest, because I worked out so hard before I went to Europe. And this man is telling me a 19 year old girl. Meanwhile, he's like 27 that I, 
need to be working out more and that I shouldn't be eating as much and I shouldn't be doing like are you fucking kidding me it makes me feel sick it makes me this is one thing I will say as much as I'm like I'm not gonna drag him I will fucking say this makes me feel physically ill and I just like what I don't think I could forgive that part of the relationship because this like made me really, really spiral. But anyway, um, so this happened and then there was just like little things here and there and he'd come home from work and be like, oh, what'd you do today? Like, did you work out? And I was like, no, <laughs> I didn't. I did like yoga. <laughs> and he would just like make little comments and stuff like that. I just, ugh, makes me so angry. And then I remember another time we were in the car and I was wearing shorts because, you know, it's summer, it's hot. And he had leather seats and I was in the passenger seat. Or was I driving? I can't remember. Maybe I was driving and um, we had just gone to get his eyes checked, which is so fucking random. And um, I had my legs on the seat. And naturally, when you sit down, especially as you get older, women who listen to this will understand your cellulite kind of like bunches up because you're sitting down and all your skin is like pushed together and it looks like orange peel. At this point in my life as well, I didn't really have much cellulite when I was standing up. It was more just like when I was sitting down, which honestly... Can I say for like one, oh, makes me so angry. There's fucking nothing wrong with cellulite at all, at all. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm sitting there and he turns to me and goes, what's that? And I'm like, what's what? And he points at my leg and he goes, what's that? This grown ass man points at my cellulite and asks me, what's that? When I tell you, I've never felt more embarrassed and more like, shocked that someone could get that far in their life and have no and also he worked in the health industry like he was like a PT and he had no idea like no idea what cellulite was or if he did he was just like more pointing out to be like what's that I can't believe my girlfriend has cellulite anyway fucking health freak (laughs) okay I'm getting nasty now but like that literally that comment has stuck with me forever it's as clear as day in my mind and I was like oh I was like it's cellulite I was like that's what happens when you know you sit down (laughs) and he was like oh I've just like never seen it before and I was like what do you mean and also this man had dated a girl for like seven years before he met me so it's not like he had no interaction with women like he literally dated one (laughs) like a really good amount of time and I was like oh I was like no this is like super common and he literally was like playing it off like he had no idea I had to explain to this man that cellulite is one of the most common things ever and he made it seem like I was the only person to ever have it and like implied that it was because I was unhealthy and maybe a little bit over the weight that I should be um which is fucking absurd because I will post I'll post photos of what I looked like when I lived in Canada and you'll be sick at how skinny I was but anyway Things like that happen throughout the entire relationship and it makes me sick that I like put up with it and I really wish that I had have flown home way earlier and I wish that I had have like been like, no, this is enough. But anyway, (laughs) alas, I stayed and I just like convinced myself that like I loved him. And I remember like it's funny because it's actually really ironic. I told him I loved him after a fight and I can't remember what the fucking fight was about we used to like bicker about really silly things and often it was because I would do something that upset him like it'd be like I don't understand why you're like always on social media or like I don't understand why you want to do this it was always something that I had to do to justify the situation oh my god guys uh, I have just thought about something (laughs) oh when I tell you how could I forget this okay 
So meanwhile, all of this has been happening. I'm feeling really insecure. <laughs> all of this stuff and he's saying all these things. Not once did I ever think that he would be unfaithful or like cheat on me or anything like that. Because as much as like he was disconnected from the relationship and like really made me feel like shit, he was equally always there. Like it's like it's not, I don't know, I feel like I've, like we'd still spend every day together and we'd still hang out and stuff. It just wasn't that good. But anyway, um, this all changed when we were away one weekend. So we went away with his brother and his brother's girlfriend to their friend's cabin. And, um, oh my God, I feel like I've missed so much out of this story. I can't deal. Anyway, we went away to this cabin and, um, we, had the best night. I remember having like the best time with him. Like one of the first times where I actually felt like he saw me and we had just like a really nice weekend. Anyway, the next day we woke up and we were having breakfast with this family and he was on his phone and I could tell that he was like slightly moving his phone away from me. This is so funny because I think that like a woman's intuition is never wrong. And for some reason in my gut, I was like, he's hiding something from you. And he's never, ever hidden anything from me. Like I was the lock screen on his phone. I will say that that's one thing. I was literally the photo. I was his lock screen the entire time that I lived there. I knew his password. I would always go on his phone. I never, ever once snooped because I was like, I just didn't feel the need to. Like I was like, no, I trust him fully. Anyway, instantly my gut was like, he is fucking hiding something from you. And later that day we went like, um, we're out in the boat and he was taking videos of me and I was like, awesome. Like I'm going to send them to myself because I want to put it on my phone. I want to make a little video. Anyway, so I get his phone and we're all sitting down at this bonfire. We're like wrapping up the day. We're about to drive back to Winnipeg, but we're all sitting around in our bathers still like just um, around the fire. Anyway, and I get his phone and I start sending myself the videos and all of a sudden I just get this urge. I'm like, just check Instagram, just have a look. And I can't express to you enough. Like I literally have never been this person. I'm not someone to go through their phone I just, I never had, I never had the feeling that he'd be unfaithful. I just never, ever, it never crossed my mind, even though he was such a shit cunt in so many ways to me, never thought that he would do that. Like just, he didn't give me that personality vibe. Anyway, um, I open Instagram and there is a message lo and behold, (laughs) and it's from a girl, obviously. So I click on it. Um, and basically this girl messaged him and she was like, Hey, I know you have a girlfriend, but if you're ever single, let me know. First of all, so fucking random. So I kind of scrolled up a little bit. Cause I was like, why would she say that? I don't know where that's really fucking weird. And I was looking and like, he had been reacting to her stories. Like she had been reacting to his stories, like little flame emojis and whatever. And like somewhat banter back and forth. And I immediately, my heart sunk. I was like, Oh my God, I did not think this would ever happen. So I continue scrolling through the messages and basically he replied being like, haha, savage. First of all, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, anyway, he goes, haha, savage. Um, oh no, I think I lit, I think he literally just said, haha, savage. And then she was like, you didn't answer my question. And then he just like, I'm pretty sure he just left it after that. But I was like, I can't believe that he didn't say like, like, why would you say savage about your own girlfriend? I literally was just like in shock. I like pretty much, I gave his phone back. I locked it and I gave it back. And I just obviously gave him this look of like, I fucking hate you. And I got up and I was so composed. I'm so proud of myself. I did not make a scene. I'm not one to make a scene. I just won't do it. I stood up and I was like, I'm just going to go get changed. Like, you know, we're going to be leaving soon. And I obviously was starting to cry at this point because 
I can't control that. Like if I see something like that, it literally like takes over my whole body. So obviously he can see that I'm like about to start bawling my eyes out. I removed myself from the situation. So no one knew what was going on. I went inside to the house. He chased me up and I literally slammed the door in his face and we went inside. Obviously everyone was outside and I just immediately broke down. I was like, started bawling my eyes out and he was like, what's wrong? And at this point as well, I didn't even want to tell him what was wrong because I was embarrassed that I went through his phone. I was like, I can't tell him that I know this because that is honestly so disgusting of me to even have looked through his phone. Anyway, so I was like nothing. And he was like, well, I know what it is. And I was like, do you? And he was like, it could only be one thing. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, cool. So we're, we're both aware that this is what it's about. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? Like, you could have told me, we could have laughed about it. And he was like, I didn't want to ruin your weekend. I was going to tell you when, we're, when we went back home. And I guess to this day, I'll never know if he was actually going to tell me about it or not. But I just had this feeling that he wasn't. Like, he obviously was not going to tell me. I don't know. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he would tell me. Maybe he was going to tell me. I don't know. But anyway, I was just like beside myself. I was like, I feel so embarrassed. I never ever saw you doing that. Like, I'm just like, I'm so hurt. I don't know why you didn't reply and stand up for me and just be like, Hey, like, haha, I do have a girlfriend, you know, a bit weird of you to message me this. Or like, it's just fucking anything. Or even just like not reply. Like, it's just weird that you said, haha, savage about your own girlfriend. Like I was like, I don't get it anyway. So, and then of course he gives on like this big spiel about being like, you know, obviously like if I wanted to be with her, like it would be easy. Like she goes to my gym, like, you know, we've hung out a few times or like, it's nothing. And like, obviously I flew you here. I want to be with you. And like all this stuff. And of course me being like, you know, I get scared when I think someone's going to leave me because <laughs> I have abandonment issues. So I was like, oh my God. I was like, okay, like it's fine. Forgave him, whatever. And then I was like, you're so right. Ah. And then the whole way home, I literally just gave him the cold shoulder. Like I was just like, you know what? I'm actually really upset about this. And so we were driving home and this actually probably was not the best on my part because I should have acted a bit more mature than this. But like, I didn't talk to him the whole way home. He literally would like try and hold my hand, would like move it away to the point where he got back to Winnipeg and the brother and the brother's girlfriend were like, we're just going to go inside and get dinner. Um, and I was like, I'm going to wait in the car. And he was like, I'm going to wait in the car. And I was like, okay, great. I was like, we're just going to sit here in silence. And he like looked at me and he was like, what is your problem? And I was like, what do you mean? What is my problem? And he was like, I thought we went over this. Like, I thought, you know, you forgave me. Like, he's like, what did I do wrong? It's not like I messaged her. And so all of a sudden it's flipped back on me. And I'm like, oh my God, um, you're so right. <laughs> you did nothing wrong in this situation. Why am I upset with you? So then like it spent the whole night me trying to like get back in his good books. And then all of a sudden I was the one that was in the wrong because I was upset <laughs> that he had said something hurtful. Anyway, this then happened like maybe like a week later, I brought it up again and I was like, look, I'm having a really time, hard time getting over this. Like I actually am finding it really hard to leave the house because at this point as well, like I was playing baseball, only played it like once, but like every time I would leave the house and I knew that he was at home, I would feel really weird. Like I just didn't feel like I could trust him. Like I was like, I think also it was really honed in on the fact that I knew that he wasn't in the relationship anymore. Like I feel like he had kind of checked out. So it was just making me feel like it'd be so easy for him to just have someone over right now or whatever. So I was just feeling really uneasy and I brought it up and I was like, look, I was like, I'm just having a really hard time getting over this and it's making me feel really uneasy. And I think I just like, I don't know, I, maybe I went around it the wrong way, but he literally snapped at me and he was like, you need to get the fuck over it. Like literally 
you're just like dwelling on it now like it's not fair I did fucking nothing wrong and just like snapped my head off and I was like oh my god and obviously I just went straight back into the mode of like oh my god I'm so sorry you're so right and I just feel like I never ever held this man accountable for his actions ever um which really upsets me because now I think back and I'm like oh my god I just literally let him disrespect me the entire relationship and I'm like why anyway so much happened in this relationship but this is just like the smallest little insight into everything that happened. But it's like, it's so crazy. The the polar opposites of how like we met and how it was like such a whirlwind and how obsessed he was with me and how in love he appeared to be. But also can I just say love bombing is a real thing. And if this story does not tell you anything about like, this is the most perfect example of love bombing. This man literally love bombed me tried to get me like in his world. And then as soon as he had me, he was like, you know what? Never mind. I don't want you anymore. And literally threw me out and made me feel like a piece of shit. So love that for me. Um, anyway, so <laughs> we get to the end of my time in Canada and I was devastated, like literally devastated about leaving because as much as like it had been a really tumultuous time and I was deeply upset, I also have attachment issues. <laughs> and as much as it was shit, like this was my person and this is someone that I spent a really, like a lot of time with. I was really, really sad to leave it because I was like, when am I going to see you again? And I think that deep down I knew that I might not ever see him again. I remember laying on the couch with him, like we were both crying, me especially, like just like could not stop physically sobbing, like feeling so sad because I knew, I just knew that this would be like the last time that I would see him and that I would hold him and the last time that we would have sex and just like everything was like the last time. I just like, I knew it in my bones. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is just so funny because like towards the end, it's like he literally would not spend time with just me. Like he had to always have another person around and literally on our last night, I will actually just like, this makes me so angry, but like I loved the brother's girlfriend. Like we got along really well and whatever, but like I didn't really want to hang out with her on my last night in Canada. Like I wanted it to just be me and Luke. I wanted to just have one last night where it was just like just us two enjoying each other's company before we say goodbye for however long. And um, what does he do? So she comes over to say goodbye, which obviously not a problem at all. Really want to say goodbye. She comes comes over to say goodbye and um, we're all having a drink and me and, um, oh my God, I I literally almost said his name. I can't do it. (laughs) Me and Luke were planning on going to this little, um, like little tapas bar, this like random little bar that we had always driven past and really wanted to go to, but we had never got a chance to. Anyway, what does he do? He's like, oh, did you want to come with us? Like you, yeah, come hang with, come out, come hang out with us. And, um, I will say as well, this is going to sound really weird. And for anyone that knew us in the relationship, I don't know if they're going to agree, but I always had this weird feeling that Luke was like somewhat in love with the brother's girlfriend and like, maybe not in love. Maybe, maybe that's like a bit hyperbolic of me, but like, I always felt like if it was me and the brother's girlfriend in a fire, I would not get rescued. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know. Yeah. 100%. Like if it was between me and her and he could only rescue one of us, I never, ever felt like he would rescue me. I always felt like he would rescue her. And it was just weird. Like it was just like weird to the point where like it was almost flirting between them. And I was like, I would just never be like that with someone. I don't know. It was just fucking weird. And, um, whenever she was around, I feel like he literally would just like not 
talk to me. Like, I just like, they, it's like they got a long way better than we did. And like, he just would like straight up ignore me, um, which made me feel fucking awesome. So yeah, that was my last night in Canada. And then the day before I left. So I had actually told him that I loved him. Like I said, um, before an argument way back when, I mean, after an argument and he literally said to me, Oh, I knew you were going to say this. And I was like, awesome. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, cool. Obviously you don't love me back. And he was like, I just feel like love is a spectrum. And like, I just don't think that I'm there yet. And like, I was like, okay, that's totally fair. I was like, I don't want you to say it because I've said it. Like I'd rather wait for you to actually feel it and say it to me. Anyway, also quickly side note, I forgot to tell you about why you needed to remember the fact that I was wearing that shirt and why I have my hair up. We were in the elevator one day. This is another like random thing, but like we lived in an apartment block. So we spent a lot of our time in the elevator and it would go one of two ways. We'd either have like a really funny time in the elevator would be like being like mucking around being silly or like shit like this would happen. He literally looked at me one day and he was like, you literally look like a 12 year old girl when you wear that shirt. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you just look like a child. Like, why would you wear it? No, he's like, literally says like, love you to the moon and back. And I was like, what the fuck, man? I was like, this is like my favorite top. And I had worn it like so much while I was there. And I was like, oh, it all makes sense why you did not like me wearing that when I got off the plane. And also he had made a comment about the fact that like my hair being half up, half down just like didn't really suit me. So anyway, the fact that I walked off the plane (laughs) with my hair half up, half down with a shirt that obviously he was just like, didn't enjoy. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's like somewhat of a factor. Maybe he got the ick. Maybe he got the ick from me. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, um, that was my last night in Canada. And then the next day we go to the airport. I'm literally like, I cannot breathe. I'm like crying the whole morning. It was fucking awful, like devastating. And, um, we get to the airport. I'm about to leave. We're both like crying Also, I will say we had planned for him to fly out in December. So I flew home in August or November. No, September, September. I can't remember. September. Fuck. I don't even know. Anyway, he was going to fly out for Christmas and then he was going to stay with us for like eight weeks. And then I was going to actually move to Canada in the new year. Like I was going to move over there and we had kind of talked about me getting my own place and like kind of having some distance between us, but like me moving over to Canada. Anyway. Where literally I'm about to, I'm literally about to walk away from this man for God knows how long. (laughs) And he looks down at me and he's like, I love you. And I was like, awesome. Cool. You have to tell me that right when I'm leaving. (laughs) Like awesome. Um, so I get on the plane and I remember thinking this is so fucked up, but I remember thinking like, I was almost relieved to be going home because I thought maybe it would restore something in our relationship and he would miss me and it would make him miss me and it would make him realize what we had at the beginning and like, maybe I would get that man back. And now I'm like, oh my God, that was never going to happen. But anyway, I spent the whole way home crying, literally the whole way home. And I remember being in Singapore and I really wish that I had of like, I wish I had a walked away at this point, to be honest, because I was in Singapore and I would have been gone for maybe like 24 hours at this point. Cause I'd been traveling for like 48 hours to get home. So it was like maybe 24 hours into my travel home. And, um, we were on FaceTime And I started crying a little bit because I was like, I really miss you already. And he was just like, oh my God, like, are you crying already? And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, I miss you. Like, I'm like, this is, I'm still in shock. Like, I'm like, I'm literally still traveling home. Like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And I've just realized that I've like, I'm not going to be living with you. I don't know what's going to happen when I'm going home. Everything's changing and I miss you. And he literally has the audacity to tell me that I need to stop crying. (laughs) 
Wish I had have walked away at this point, to be honest, because it's like I knew. I knew that, like, it was done, but obviously just couldn't let go. And then, anyway, fast forward to go back to Australia. This happens a few more times where, like, we're on FaceTime and I'm crying and being upset and he's, like, um, not crying (laughs) at all. And he's, like, stop crying. Like, I feel like you're always crying. And that just made me feel like shit because I was like, awesome, cool. Um, You're not sad about this situation. Meanwhile, I'm fucking devastated. And I will say as well, one thing that I wish that I had have realized when I was there, we would go for walks and stuff in the evenings and I would always be like, so what's your plan when I go home? And he literally every single time would be like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to, I don't want to think about it. It makes me sad. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I let it slide for like the first, I don't know, month and a half and then I started to freak out because I was like wait no I was like we need to know what's going to happen when I go home like I'm like I don't want to just go and be like cool maybe see you never again I was like because we're in like a full-blown relationship right like I live with you this isn't like a summer fling anymore like we're together and I need to know if our relationship is going to continue when I go home and he literally would always be like we're not talking about this and he would not even give me the fucking option like I'd be like do you want to come out to Australia and he'd just be like we're not talking about it oh the the audacity on this man I can't deal anyway so um we go back to Australia and then like it was right before I left that he decided that like yep I'm gonna move out um I'm gonna come out for Christmas whatever and then I'll fly back and blah blah blah. anyway I know that like money was always like a point of stress for him so like he was like I don't know if I can afford it so when we're on FaceTime I'm like have you booked your flight yet like you know I want to know if like I want to book in some plans like I want to take you down south And he would always be like, oh, like, I don't have the money just yet. Like, I'm going to ask my mom or like, I'm going to do this and like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, that's totally fine. Um, And then it just got to a point where I was like, you're not coming, are you? Like, this is not actually going to happen. And one day I was driving home from work and he sent me a video of this couple that had um, consciously uncoupled and I remember thinking it was the most fucking random thing ever I was like why the fuck would you send me this and he was like really good podcast like really good listen and I was like are you like prepping me for a breakup and I literally have I bawled my eyes out I went home and I literally bawled my eyes out to the point my mum was like what's going on are you all good and I was like me and Paul are gonna break up and she was like what are you talking about that's so like erratic where did that come from And I was like, no, 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 he's going to break up with me. Like, I can feel it. And she was like, Kaylee, like, I heard you on FaceTime this morning. I don't think that's going to happen. And I kid you not, literally a week later, he called me. It was like, I was about to go to work because we obviously had the time difference. And he was crying. And immediately I was like, tell me. (laughs) I was like, just say it. And he was like, he could not get the words out. He was like, I just don't think this is going to work. And I literally screamed. I threw my phone. I screamed because I was so angry at this point. I think I just had so much built up anger and I was like, awesome, cool. And um, I can't describe it. It feels so weird to say now because obviously it sounds like the relationship really wasn't that good. But I think that like I held on to the beginning so much. I thought that we were like meant to be because of the way that we met and the way that he was in the beginning. I held on to that so much. Whereas now I'm like, never hold on to how it was in the beginning because that's not reality. That is you being on your best behavior. That is you trying to win each other over, like, you know, get each other. It's just not going to ever be reality when you're actually in the relationship. Anyway, so I held on to that so much. Also, I have really bad attachment issues. So like, I just didn't, I didn't want to be without him. I was fucking devastated. Like, I don't think I've ever been so sad in my entire life. 
And um, I remember like not, I literally had to have a week off work. I was beside myself. I could not stop crying. Like my mum, I had to sleep in my mum's bed. <laughs> at literally 20, at 20 years old, I had to sleep in my mum's bed because she like was just like, I can't leave you alone right now. Like I would wake up and just start hysterically crying. It was fucked up. And um, yeah, this man literally just said like, I don't think it's going to work. And I just, I don't even know. Like, I think I blocked out a lot of the reasoning behind it. But I um, I remember being like so composed after this. And I was just like, look, I wish you all the best. Because I just thought he was like the best thing since sliced bread. Even though, even after all the things that he did for me, this has also come in hindsight, right? Like when I'm in it, I wasn't like as much as I was like sad and crying all the time. And I actually found my journal recently and I read back through it from when I was there. And it's really, really sad. And it's really, really hard to read because... It's literally me being like, today was a good day. Today he looked at me. <laughs> today we laughed. Today, you know, maybe he like rubbed my feet. I don't know. And I felt really seen by him. And then other days was like, I just had sex with him and I actually feel so dirty. And I feel like he just thinks that I'm like this person that like lives in. And actually, you know what? He always used to make jokes about the fact that like, I was just like this prostitute that like, not, uh, no, actually, no, that's not, it's not the word that he used to use, but he used to joke about me being this like fly-in girlfriend that like would make him dinner and like he could have sex with her, like with me and like, you know, which is like weird to make a joke about that. But anyway, so I literally, but I actually did feel like that. I felt like I was just this like person who was like doing all these things for him and then like he could have sex with me. And then that was like, that was it. Um, but anyway, it's really hard to read back through that journal. I'm getting really emotional right now just because I'm sad for me now. Like I'm, I wouldn't, I don't miss that relationship at all. I'm like, obviously not. Cause it was fucked, but like, <laughs> I was really, really sad for a really long time after that. And whew, it just really sent me on a whole journey. And if you've read my book, Assault Call Home, you will know. So this obviously started when I was going through this whole breakup, I was devastated and I started writing little notes. Like I started writing things that I wanted him to know, like I wanted him to know how much I was hurting. And so I would start writing little notes on my phone, which I obviously ended up turning into a poetry book, which is called A Celtical Home. You can buy it on Amazon. And um, I started writing and then the, over the whole year post breakup, because I will be so honest, I think it literally took me at least a year to just come to the terms of the fact that like we weren't getting back together. I'm probably never going to see this man again in my life and process everything that happened and grieve and get over everything. Because when I tell you, I romanticized the shit out of this. I thought that I was literally the most worthless piece of shit that no one was ever going to want after this relationship. And it sounds so hyperbolic. And I don't know if it's because he wore me down so much in that relationship so that I did feel really unworthy. And then like the fact that like, even at the end of all this, he still just did not want me. It was just like that final kick in the guts. I was like, awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> and it was just like that final bit of rejection. And it was like, oh my God, it was fucking devastating. Like, I just remember like my mum just being like, I just couldn't even deal for you. Like you were so beside yourself. And I was for a really long time, like for even like Oh, even like six months, I just remember like crying all of the time and like just religiously watching his Instagram stories and like trying to see where he was. I had him on Snap Maps, which is fucking disgusting. I never use it anymore, but like I would literally scroll in and see where he was. Like I would be like, oh my God, he's at a bar or like, oh my God, I don't know this address. Like he's at someone's house. And um, it took me like a year to kind of like fully get over it. 
And um, I wrote a book out of it, which is amazing, which is another thing I'm like, I would never have had that if I hadn't gone through this experience. Um, but the for me, the relationship sent me on this like self journey because like instead of just going to find someone else to like cover up the pain with, I <laughs> I somewhat did. But I also like ended up reading a million self-help books because I was like, I just never want this to happen again. Like I never want to go through this again. And I started realizing all the bad things that happened in the relationship. And I was almost like, I wish that I could have been more angry in the breakup. Like I feel like I was so amicable when it wasn't amicable. Like it shouldn't have been amicable because all these things happened. And I wish that I had just told him like, please never do this to another person. Like, please never do this to another person. And I don't know. I just like, I had so much anger. So I had to work through that. <laughs> I really had to work through that. And, um, it's funny because when we broke up, I would tell people the story of how we met and I could always tell where people were at in their lives by the way they reacted to it. Because some people would react and be like, Oh my God, that's so romantic. I can't believe like he chased you down and like, Oh my God. And then people who kind of like actually had a grip on <laughs> reality was like that's fucking creepy Kaylee that's really weird that he tracked you down on snap maps and like it's actually a little bit controlling that he bought you the plane ticket when he like knew that you know you weren't ready to go yet and like you were saving up and you wanted to do it like all these things and I was like oh my god you're so right and so in hindsight I realized all these things and I was like oh my god wow this relationship was not what I thought it was and I guess that that made me get over it a little bit more because I was like, okay, this relationship clearly was not very good. Um, and I needed to take off my rose colored glasses, but I think it was just so hard because in that relationship, I've never felt more rejected in my entire life. And I will say this, it is so fucking lonely to be on your own, but it is so much more lonely to literally lay next to someone every single night and feel like, you're alone in that situation. I've never felt more alone than I did when I lived in Canada. And I, as much as I had an incredible time, like I got to see at a beautiful part of the world, I met some amazing people. I would never ever wish to go back to that point in my life. I will never do that to myself again. The moment that I feel that way in a relationship, I am tapping the fuck out because that is, I never ever want to feel that rejected, lonely feeling ever again. It was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It was fucking awful. Um, but yeah, so I managed to write a book about it <laughs> and I managed to write the book about my healing stage because I started writing about like, you know, still being in love with him and then how much I was hurting and then like the whole being angry at him and then kind of getting over that and then being nostalgic again and being like, oh my God, I fucking miss you. But then also being like, okay, wait, no, hang on. I'm healing this right now. And then towards the end of the year, it was just like, I'm over this and I'm getting back to who I am and finding who I am now. Um, so yeah, one of the most pivotal, incredible experiences of my life, <laughs> as much as it was so awful and hard to get through. And it's really hard to recap it as well, because I forget how sad I was and how awful a lot of the relationship was. And I will say like, I, it was never like, I don't know how to describe this because I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why am I so emotional right now? This is actually really hard for me to say. It's not that I wish him any illness at all, like literally at all. And I would hate for him 
I almost feel like he would listen to this episode and have no idea the impact that his actions had on me. And I think also it just makes me angry because I was so young. I was so young and this was a 27 year old man and I was 19 and 20 and I had no idea, which also like, I'm not saying like, I'm not absolving myself of like all responsibility. I definitely was not the perfect, per- like definitely not the perfect girlfriend either. I'm, like I would have had so many issues. I'm sure I was fucking awful to live with, but like, I just feel like there's certain things like even like the eating and stuff like I would never put up with that again but I'm just like oh my god that was so damaging for a 19 year old to go through are you kidding me like what the fuck man I just all that sort of stuff makes me so devastated and now when I think back to that relationship like I've worked through a lot of it in therapy I remember like when I first started going to therapy that was one of the first things that we dealt with because it was such a huge trauma and such a huge thing that happened to like, and also this was one of my first, like this actually was my first ever serious relationship. So to have such an intense experience as my first relationship obviously made me very jaded. And I literally like, I don't think I dated for like, I just did not date after that for so long. And then even after I did date, I kept dating guys that kept reinforcing the fact that I had that belief about myself and that I wasn't good enough and all this stuff so I'm working through it at the moment but like that was a massive thing that we worked through when I first started in therapy um and yeah which is why I guess now I can talk about it and actually do the podcast and why I feel a bit more detached from it because I placed so much value on it whereas now I'm like no it's just an experience that happened to me and um it's also like a great story like I think the first part of the story is way better (laughs) this is more just like shining reality because I think like it's so easy to glamorize what happened at the start. Like, yeah, like it was fucking awesome. And I'm so glad that I had that experience and honestly was one of the most incredible life-changing experiences. And I wouldn't change it for the world because it has made me who I am today. And it has made me so much more stronger as a person. And I think as well, everyone's like, you're so mature for your age. And I'm like, I've been through some shit, man. (laughs) I was like, holy fucking shit. Like at this point, I feel like none of my friends were living with boyfriends or no one had experienced that as well. So when I went through the breakup, I will say it was very isolating because no one knew what I was going through. Everyone was just kind of like, why is she so upset? Like this guy was like, you know, not that big of a deal. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I don't think anyone understood the gravity of living with someone. And I think that anyone that has lived with a boyfriend or a partner will understand the gravity of living with some, like, I just can't, I can't describe it. Anyway, (laughs) the longest story, but pretty much in a nutshell, the relationship was incredibly, incredibly toxic and we were just never a match. And we should, I should have listened to my intuition when we first met, when I was like, I just don't, like, I think he's annoying. I actually do think that that was my intuition going, this person is not for you. Um, and there definitely would have been like so many more red flags. I wish I could remember them, but because I kind of like glamorized that first part of the relationship and like I was just I think I was just excited to have someone so infatuated with me I overlooked all of that sort of stuff and I'm sure there would have been so many red flags um and now I look back and I'm like wow I wish I had just ran at the sign of like that but anyway I'm also glad that I didn't because now I'm sitting here telling the story and it's great for the podcast so Anyway, I'm going to wrap up the story because holy fuck, we're at an hour and 15 minutes and I haven't even done my intro. Love that for me. Um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this story. I feel like 
I don't know how this is going to translate, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like I got really deep there. But I just want to also say as well, like if you're struggling at all and you ever feel that way, like please reach out to someone. Like I wish that I had told people in my life what was happening because I really suffered in silence for a really long time. And I was so depressed, so depressed and so upset, but I never told anyone because I didn't want them to think badly of him. I literally was like protecting him at all costs. I was like, no, no one can know that like he makes me feel this way. And um, yeah, even after we broke up, I never told anyone because I thought we were going to get back together, which is so funny. Um, But now I'm like, fuck that. I'm like, I'm going to fucking tell my truth. But yeah, I think like if that's ever happening, like please don't suffer in silence. Like please reach out, like tell a friend, even if you have to call Lifeline and tell someone on the phone, you know, even if it's a stranger, like just reach out and please, you know, do involve someone and get some help because you don't have to be in that toxic relationship and you don't have to suffer through it on your own. Um, but anyway, yeah. Wow. Heavy shit. (laughs) As much as like this episode has been quite heavy, um, it was fucking awesome living in Canada. I had some incredible experiences and I think Canada is one of the most incredible countries and I cannot wait to go back there one day. I'm definitely, um, planning on doing like at least a little holiday over there because I actually have so many friends over there now, even like friends that I met when I was in Greece, um, who live in Canada. So very excited to get back there. Um, I probably would never see Luke again in my lifetime, which is also fucking crazy, but (laughs) not that I'm particularly mad about it. I still don't have any ill feelings towards him. I'm sure if I said him, I'd be like, Oh my God, how are you? Um, and it's funny because I used to always be like, maybe in like five years time, we'll like be like, Oh my God, isn't that so crazy that experience? And now it's been like nearly four years. And I'm like, I'm not like, I have no interest in talking to this man. Um, just reflecting like now it's funny because the older you get and you look back at these relationships when you have, when you're younger and you're like, wow, I was just so taken advantage of. And like, just, you just, I had no backbone. I fucking had no backbone. I wouldn't say shit. Cause I was so scared that he was going to leave that I would not stand up for myself. So love that for me. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this story. Nonetheless, I hope you, um, I don't know. I guess got some entertainment out of it. Um, and yeah, hopefully you never get yourself in this situation because I would not wish it upon anyone. Um, huge lesson, um, incredible life event. And yeah, maybe in the new year, I'll do like another episode on this just to wrap it up because I feel like I obviously have done two episodes, (laughs) but I feel like I've missed so many stories and I'm like, ah, maybe I could do like an episode where I talk about like the good times and the good things that happen in Canada. Cause I had some amazing, incredible experiences that like actually are quite funny. Um, so maybe I could do that, but anyway, anyway, I'm going to go wrap this podcast up because this has gone for far too long. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode and listening to, honestly, all of my episodes this year, no matter when you joined in the podcast, whether it was literally this episode or last episode or the start of the podcast, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate, how much I appreciate your listenership and you guys tuning in every week and messaging me how much you love it. Like I cannot express how much joy this podcast gives me and knowing that you guys enjoy it makes me so fucking happy. So thank you so much for your support over this year with the podcast. It has been the most incredible year. (laughs) We've grown so much and I cannot wait to see what next year brings. Um, Next season, season two of figuring it out. Crazy. Um, But yeah, I hope you guys have a beautiful um, Christmas. Please stay safe um, and New Year's as well. I know like Omicron is just fucking running wild right now. So Stay safe. Um, 
have a beautiful break if you get if you're lucky enough to have a break and yeah i'll be on socials you can come follow me on social media at creative content with two underscores or figuring it out potty p-o-d-d-y i am on tiktok i'm fucking loving it so i'll be continuing to post on there um so even though i'm gone for five weeks i'm still very much present on social media and yeah i'll be back in your ears next year fresh fresh podcast i cannot wait to come back i'm actually i already miss it i'm like sad (laughs) i think this episode's just been like a little bit heavy um but anyway i guess good way to throughout the year a little bit of an extended episode um just because you know i know you're not going to hear me for the next five weeks so i've got to give you a little bit of something extra um anyway (laughs) stay safe stay kind stay groovy and i will see you all next year bye